What's good, everybody? What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amatelic podcast. Trying something different this week, uh, doing a little bit of a Sunday NFL recap show as I'm recording this one uh, Sunday evening to, for you guys to have access to for the rest of the week uh, and beyond. Uh, good, uh, good evening, hello, good afternoon, good morning, whatever time you're listening to it, everybody. Host Josh Shields. Uh, here to talk to you about everything that's going on, at least in the sport of football, college, and NFL. Touch on the Cowboys and how they still can't get out of their own way, and how Jason and how I'm sick and tired of looking at Jason Garrett with the same old dopey, boring. Uh, just I'm sick of looking at him on the sidelines with Dallas Cowboys. He needs to go. Touch on the Cowboys. They lost Thursday night to the Bears. A touch on the Ravens, they remain on fire. Touch on the pa- the 49ers and Saints, recap that game. Recap the Patriots losing to the Kansas City Chiefs as they have lost two in a row now and, lo- and have suffered their first home defeat since uh, two th- since uh, two thousand and since October two thousand and seventeen, when Cam Newton's Carolina Panthers uh, beat them, uh, as the as their streak snaps at twenty one in a row, uh, they were eight wins away from tying the ninety five through ninety eight Green Bay Packers and were ten away from from getting the uh, Miami Dolphins of most consecutive. Home wins in NFL uh, history, including the uh, postseason. So, get so let's get it started. Uh, first off, let's do and recap the th- and of course I will I'll talk college football playoff later on in the program and give you a game by game recap of Week 14 in the National Football League. But first, let's touch on these Dallas Cowboys, who have not who have hit the wall this season absolutely have hit the wall and nothing absolutely nothing has gone right for them they lost like yet another football game coming off of their loss of course like i told you like i brought up last week to the buffalo bills and they are just oh my goodness gracious the dallas cowboys they just keep getting in their own way i mean uh, i mean ezekiel elliott hasn't had a hundred yard rush hasn't rushed for 100 yards all season long he had 19 carries 81 yards two touchdown passes but the but the defense oh my gosh almighty the defense was absolutely abysmal made mr trubisky out to be 
uh, Jim McMahon in the, in the game, allowing for Trubisky to be 23 for 31, throw for 244, which hey, the passing yards I understand, but 23 for 31 and three touchdowns is not, is not a uh, Hall of Fame uh, f- defensive performance off the hands of the Dallas Cowboys. And they just, I mean, how many, I mean, they are just, they're just terrible. I mean, they are just absolutely awful. Not just them, but the Philadelphia Eagles, who somehow, some way managed to spit the bit and urinate all over themselves, losing to the Miami Dolphins of all teams on the road last week. But, I mean, goodness gracious me, this NFC East is just is terrible. I mean, the first place team in the, in the NFC East is, you know, it's the Cowboys, of course, still. But they're sitting there at six and seven. So it looks like, I mean, and you would think after a regular, I mean, we got so much firepower in all the other divisions. I mean, I mean, we're, we're sitting up here looking at the, the perhaps the Seahawks or the, or the 49ers who could end who could end the season with 13 with 13 with 12 13 wins they they could end up being a 5 seed and play a road playoff game compare meanwhile the Cowboys or the Eagles could could you know go 9 and 7 which is the best they they could finish anyway could go 9 and 7 uh 8 and 8 or 7 and 9 and and host a playoff game uh, and and I mean, so the and the NFL said, well, we're not gonna, well, we're not gonna reseed, even though this the situations that's going on, you know, with the with the lack of good teams, of superior firepower in teams in the NFC East, which I dis, I mean, here's what the NFL should do: they shouldn't change their playoff format on one condition. So if a team, so if the team makes the playoffs below five hundred. That team should be automatically eliminated from competing in post in postseason play. Should be absolutely eliminated from competing in uh, playoff contention. And what they should and what they should do is that they should substitute the team that get, that finished below five hundred, even though quote unquote first place in the division. They should replace that team with a team that say goes. Nine and seven or ten and six, and misses the playoffs, and they should get the sixth seed, and everyone else from the fifth seed on up moves up a seed, regard regardless of winning the division. So look at it this way, the so look at it this way, the I think the Saints, not the Saints, the forty, so the four, so the forty uh, niners would be the the forty niners would be the uh, let me just check that. The well, yeah, the for now the Forty Nines are in first place. So the Forty Nines would have Forty Nines would have the one seed. All the Forty Nines would have the one seed. Saints would have the two seed. Seahawks would have the three. Packers would and and just have it have it when a team gets below five hundred like that. Not even if they should. What they should do is they should just throw out. They should throw division. Winning your division should matter as far as seeding is concerned. But division should be an afterthought, like the NBA. Like the NBA does in a way. NBA NBA. It's more about how you finish in 
and record than it is division. The NBA doesn't so much focus on... I mean, they still count winning your division as like a thing and as an avenue to make the playoffs, but the NBA focuses more on what's who has the best records one through eight rather than worrying about who's we, who's who's leading in the uh in the in the Pacific count in the Pacific division of the Western Conference. So but that that's just me. The Cowboys are an absolute disgrace and an absolute eyesore to watch. Dak Prescott again he like I said he's good but he but when the game has to rely on his shoulders when Zeke is not producing he cannot bring his team home. He's proved that in this game. He's proved it in the Bills game. I give you a million examples. I get. I mean, the the Jet game which they lost. I give you a million examples. Dak is good, but he can't bring his team home. He. I'm sorry. He he just can't. He's at this moment in time. He's unable to to practically bring his team home. Regardless of how Zeke plays, he's he doesn't have that Troy Aikman and Roger Staubach mentality where, all right, I'm the leader of this train. I am the leader. Y'all get on my back, and I'll take y'all to promised land. Dak Prescott does not have it in him. He, he, he just doesn't. I'm sick and tired of watching Jason Garrett go up and down the silence with that same mundane, vanilla look on his face. You know, cl- clapping every five seconds. Oh, J- Jason, j- get out. Okay, I've I've had it with you. I've had it. I'm pretty sure Cowboys fans have had it. Get out, Jason. I I I can't take watching Jason Garrett on the sidelines no more. It it's it's become an ice. It's it's become. I mean, I, part. I mean, of course, I'm happy and I'm glad that the Cowboys are suffering, but the fact that it's Jason Garrett who's been who's been there for nine seasons. I mean, it's like, do the Cowboys know the definition of insanity that this guy can only take you but so far? I mean, oh, I'm so sick and tired of watching Jason Garrett walk up and down the sideline, clapping, acting like everything's just peachy. Oh, I'm so sick. I'm so sick and tired of seeing it. I am so sick and tired of watching the same old, boring, stupid, non-successful act over and over again. And even if the Cowboys somehow win the division, Jason Garrett should be, unless by some ridiculous miracle they make it to the NFC Championship game, which they will not. But, you know, never say never, but, but, because it's still possible, of course, but the chances are slim to none. But unless that, but unless by some, you know, miracle that they make it that far, which is which is like a zero point zero zero one percent chance of happening, Jason Garrett should be fired and sh- and should not be the Dallas Cowboy coach next year. And Ron Rivera, who got fired earlier this week by the Carolina Panthers, by the way, should should be there to take his place. Then then and and don't and don't now Jason Garrett of course he's no Bill Parcells and no Tom Landry or no Jimmy Johnson as far as play calling decisions are concerned or anything else like that and I and Ron Rivera isn't exactly uh and Ron and Ron Rivera isn't exactly uh Lombardi himself but uh, but Ron Rivera got to a Super Bowl Jason Garrett hasn't gotten out of the divisional round of the playoffs in his career Rivera's been to a Super Bowl, so Rivera does does at times can have can go a little wacky and can be a little crazy with his coaching decisions. He's been to a Super Bowl. What Jason Garrett? I mean, what been to the division round two times and not uh, been to been to the division round three three four times in his career and has lost. 
and every single and every single one of them, whether it be 2014 against the Packers with the Des Bryant play, whether it be two years later when they had when they had the two seed in the NFC, and they and they choke that and they choke that away, and they let Aaron Rodgers basically carve up that defense left left and right. And they uh, and they and they and they lost to the Green Bay two years later at home in divisional play. Whether it be you know whether it be losing to the Rams last year on the road, whatever whatever the case might be, but I I'm, I'm sick of seeing Garrett go up with the <laughs> coach coach clap. I'm, I'm I'm so sick of seeing it. I'm just so sick of seeing it. I'm sick of hearing every five seconds Jason Garrett's job is good. Fact of the matter is Jason Garrett should have been gone after the, after that. Uh, Patriot game, and I don't give a crap about well our chances. Jerry, shut up! Your guy is not taking you to the promised land. He's not. It wouldn't. I mean, come. On, I mean, you can still quote unquote fire him and still end up make you know winning your division to make the playoffs. But I am so sick and tired of the Jason Garrett dog and pony show. It's enough. Get him out of there, Jerry. Get him out. Get him out. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm so sick of it. And then Jerry going on Dallas radio, you know, saying, uh, "Do you understand?" B. I mean, uh, Jerry. Uh, and 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 I tell you, the problem with the Cowboys, it's not just Garrett; it's also the owner. The owner is too. I don't want to say emotionally invested, but he's too much like a fan. With when it comes with these cowboy games, he's be, he's become so invested in it that it's come to his benefit, that it's come to his detriment. He's too much of a, he's too much of a fan. I mean, too easy. He's 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 too much. He's too he's too much of a fan in these games. He's got he's got to he's got to he's got to learn how to make. He's got to learn how to make the business, how to make the tough business decisions for the bet for the benefit of the franchise. He can't. He's he's too, he's too he's too emo he's too he's too emotionally invested, fan as a fan wise than he is, he than he is as an owner. He's got he's he's. Jerry's got a he he's too emotional for his own good. He's 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 too emotional and too into it for his own good. He's got it. He's got to take an owner approach and not a fan approach. Is his problem. And and again, enough of of and, and another thing, enough with Brett Maher, please. Missed two kicks in the in the Bills game on Thanksgiving, and he missed one and he, and he missed one on Thursday night against the Bears in a field goal kick that they, that they needed to help them went to help them uh, make some headway in the ball game. Enough of Brett Maher, please. I mean, um, he and Garrett should have been out. Should be out. The Brett Maher shouldn't shouldn't have made it to see Cyber Monday. And Garrett should and Garrett shouldn't have been around to see another Thanksgiving as a Cowboy head coach. I don't give a crap if it's his twenty fifth year anniversary of his memorable Thanksgiving performance. No, out, 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 out. Enough with Jason Garrett, please. Enough, enough of him, and enough of the kicker Maher. He stinks. Enough, enough of him. I mean, two missed two missed field goals in the Thanksgiving game, and he missed one that the Cowboys needed on Thursday night. Enough of Brett Maher, please. Take a break. Ravens, 49ers, Chiefs. Winners of the three marquee matchups of week 14 in the NFL. And I'll break all three of them down right after this.
Welcome back to Time to Tell Like a TIS podcast. Switching gears now, I'm going to recap the three marquee matchups of the Sunday action in Week 14. Starting off first, of course, the hometown local team, the Baltimore Ravens, who coming into this game were on an eight-game winning streak going against the Buffalo Bills, who impressively showed off in front of America on Thanksgiving, uh, taking care of business against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, as they uh, as they improved to nine and three heading into today's game, Lamar Jackson. I mean, sixteen for twenty five. I mean, he doesn't throw for a lot of passing yards. I get it, but still, three touchdowns, good completion percentage. I mean, I mean he's look. I mean, Russell Wilson. You, it's going to be a neck and neck race down to the down to the very bitter end. For MVP between Russell Wilson and uh, and Lamar Jackson for MVP, let me tell you, Josh Allen did not play as well as he did in the uh, in the Cowboy game. Seventeen for thirty nine, one hundred forty six yards completion and a touchdown pass. Uh, and the, as the Buffalo Bills really struggled to to get anything going offensively, were held to about a hundred yards of offense halfway through the ball game, and just really and they ended up with two oh nine total for the game and just really could not get anything going averaging three yards a play, fumbled the football and lost one with twenty three percent on third down. Uh Ravens, of course, their best friend is time possession. They had the ball for thirty two minutes and forty nine seconds over the ball game earlier today. There was blatant ref ball all over the place. Uh I'll go in detail. I'll go more in detail in a minute. But um, but holy goodness gracious, the refs! Oh my gosh! How in the first of all, why the Earl Thomas play? I do not understand under any circumstances how you call a penalty on Earl Thomas when the guy uh when when the Ravens got number ninety, the defensive lineman, blatantly and clearly, clearly pushes Earl Thomas onto Josh Allen. And and for and for whatever the reason the refs uh I don't know if they had I don't know if they were paying attention I don't know what the problem was, but for them to throw a flag on Earl Thomas in that situation after Earl Thomas just got a sack and the role in his play and excuse me the role his role in the play is pretty much over with how in the world they throw a flag on Earl Thomas for that it, I have apt, I cannot fathom because there was no way in the world Russell uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, Earl Thomas should have gotten called for a personal foul on that play, and, and the same and and the same and the Ravens to talk about self destruction. I mean, on on that last, I mean, on that last drive. Let me see if I can uh, pull it up. It was with it was. Uh, let me see if I can find it in my little notes here. I mean the Ra- I mean the Ravens. Ravens played undis played undisciplined football for 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 one drive, I mean, I mean for I mean why they line why they lined up that one time, 
purposely off sides as you know like when you play Madden or and you like try to you know block a kick or just be fooling around and you act and you line up clearly on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage. Why that? Why the Ravens did that? I have no idea. I also don't fat. I don't. I mean slamming. I mean they slammed Wish McCollum down. Uh, when the but when Buffalo got the ball back with uh. With um, let me see if I can pull it up. With four twenty three left in the fourth quarter, I got the Ravens. You know, thinking it's WWE and body sl- and body slamming guys. You know, body sim body slamming the running back Singletary. You know, when the play is cool is you know not excuse me that wasn't that play it was the play before it. But even but even still, I mean, you, dumb dumb asinine penalties. Uh, and then they had and then. One that really, really was 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 terrible, was um back was back in the third quarter, when Buffalo had when Buffalo had the ball, threw threw it down threw it down the middle of the field, and they didn't call a passing and they didn't call a passing interference on it, that that I mean that was that was a tro- that was atrocious. I mean, how in the world do you not call a passing interference on that when he when he clearly he clearly beat him to the he clearly beat him to the football, and by the letter of the law, passing interference is you beat him to the ball. It's, it's passing interference, which which is which is well it should have been. But for whatever the reason, the NFL, you know, you know, the refs was refing the game, you know, had had his head in the sand, and 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 didn't and didn't call it. I mean that that is just that is. That that is ter- that is terrible, terrible. Marlon Marlon Humphrey, who's he, granted he's played he's played well this season. You know, he's defensive MVP for the Ravens. And my, I mean, you ask me for Lamar Jackson is the team MVP, but an offensive MVP by default. But if you would ask me, who I think the best player on not just best player on defense, but their defensive MVP. I'm going. I'm going Marlon Humphreys the whole way because he didn't won about five games for the Ravens just by himself, just being at the right place at the right time. But he made one really, really dumb uh, play with coming up with two minutes in the fourth quarter on a fourth and sixteen, and he pretty much dra- and he grabs John Brown by the way, by former Raven grabs him by the back of his jersey. Or it's not John Brown, excuse me. Cole Beasley grabs him by the back of his jersey, trips him up, and drags him down to the ground. I mean, can you? And if Marcus Peters does not swat the ball at, at the end of the game, can you imagine? Can you imagine how big of a penalty that would have ended up being had Baltimore lost lost the game? But that, but I mean, the Ra- Ravens really it was it was it was self it was self destruction. That uh, that drive in the second half when they allowed Buffalo to come to come right back in it. I mean, you cannot. I mean, the Ravens just. They, I mean, they they got to play better disciplined football down down the stretch than than they did uh than they did earlier today because quite a few. The, I mean, I just gave you the hump. I just gave you the Humphreys, uh, the Humphreys penalty. But I mean, they had but the Ravens. On many occasions, many a time, late in the second half, shot themselves in the foot and did themselves in with pitiful, horrible, egregious penalties. That if had they been going up against the Patriots or a team with a big time quarterback, or in a big time offense, they, they would have lost that game. 
and how in the world they miss Cole Beasley coming around on the end on the end around a jet motion. Honestly, I have, no, I have no idea either. I mean, I saw it. I mean, I see Cole Beasley coming on the end around uh, motion. I'm like, Beasley's going to be wide open. And lo and behold, Allen snaps the ball and wide open to Allen's left. This is Cole Beasley sitting there all by his lonesome in the end zone. So the Ravens really did themselves in with with the with I mean with that Beasley play and then the stupid penalties they did themselves in down the stretch which almost put their eight game win streak in jeopardy but they came out on top won the game twenty four seventeen clinched the playoff berth for the second straight season in a row they would have clinched the division had not Pittsburgh knocked off uh the Arizona Cardinals earlier today by the final score twenty three seventeen I'll recap that in the uh in the uh recap at the end of the program. But the Ravens got it done. Lamar Jackson played well, but defensively for the Ravens, they have got to cut down the mental errors that they made in that game. And they were a lot of mental errors. Also, part of the refs too. Uh, you know, they somehow get low, they somehow get uh, the Bills for rightfully so going low at the knees of Lamar Jackson for rough in the passer. But yet a blatant pass interference penalty that was right under their noses. They missed. And Sean McDermott is sitting up here crying and and uh, you know and starting up a firestorm when by le- by the rule book for this season only just as a trial run he can challenge passing interference and he chose not to do so so you, you I mean you can cry I mean like Dan Fouts in the broadcast you shouldn't have to take the uh, NFL coach to throw the red flag and for the NF- for the referees to have some sort of accountability and for their call to be called out fixed and changed. I agree with Fouts on that, but still, you can't you can't do too much crying and complaining when you had the power to say something and do something about it, and you chose not to do so. I mean, I mean, I mean that that's the I mean, like to use a political example for a minute. That's like that's like people out there complain about Trump being president, but yet they didn't go out and vote in two thousand sixteen. I mean, you, you complain about him, but you, but you can't. But you can't, you know, you can't complain like the person that, you know, that voted for Hillary in the election when you didn't, when you sat up there, had a chance to say something, do something about it, and you and you chose not to do anything at all, and then sit and then sit back and complain and moan and groan and gripe and scream when when you don't like it when uh you know whatever you know whatever Trump says whatever he does whatever the case might be, but you know same thing with the same thing with the Bills and McDermott. You can't scream too loudly because you had the chance to challenge it and you ch- and you chose not to do so. So I, so you, you can't cry sour grapes or cry over spilled milk when you had the chance, when you had when you had your chance to uh, to fix what was wrong. Uh, Saints, Saints and Forty ers This game, I t- when I saw this game was practical. When I saw this game was, uh, you know, was uh, t- was um, twenty seven. Twenty, you know, when I saw this game was, uh, twenty seven. When I saw this game was twenty eight, twenty seven. Uh, New Orleans, not New Orleans, San Francisco at halftime. I was like, yeah, this game's gonna be a forty. This game's gonna be a forty seven, forty two finish. Uh, had little scoring in the third quarter, but both teams picked it up in the fourth. I mean, offense is just completely going off. Jimmy G, 20, 26 for 35, 349 passing yards, a touchdown pass, an interception. Emmanuel Sanders even had a touchdown pass of his own, thrown off his back foot uh, on, a, on a nice wide receiver reverse pass that uh, that the 49ers hooked up 
early in the first half for a touchdown. Drew Brees wasn't as nice wasn't as nice completion percentage wise, but still threw for three hundred and forty nine uh passing yards and five touchdowns, no interceptions in the ball game. Uh, and if you will receive a lucky day for you, especially if you had Michael Thomas on your fantasy team, eleven receptions, one hundred and thirty-four yards, and a touchdown and a touchdown pass as well. Meanwhile, uh, for the forty, meanwhile for the forty ers Emmanuel Sanders threw for a touchdown, caught a touchdown, had seven receptions for one hundred and fifty-seven yards. So if you had Emmanuel Sanders, and or Michael Thomas on your fantasy team. God bless you, and I'm pretty sure you won the day in fantasy. If you were, if you were that uh, lucky somebody that had both Sanders and uh, Michael Thomas on your fantasy team, because boy did he, boy did those two men do you a big favor earlier this afternoon. But the 49ers came out on top, uh, winning the ball game by the final score of 48 to 46 off the game-winning field goal by Robbie Gold as, as time expired, as they kind of get revenge of. Not revenge, but they kind of get their own game-winning field goal at the bus of their own of their own after uh, seeing Justin Tucker nail one to win to win the game that when they played the 49ers last week, uh, last Sunday, uh, by the final score of twenty to seventeen. So they kind of get their own little game-winning uh, buzzer beater field goal of their own to win the game. But all of that wouldn't have happened had not a the 49ers made it. On a you know on two point conversion after they scored with about fifty something seconds left in the ball game late and so they had to make the so they had so making the uh, two point conversion uh, was had was uh, they had to make that because the, because the game because that would have tied it with the field goal that a uh, goal would have been put in the position. Uh, to make, but in, but instead they didn't get a two point conversion, so the four nines went right down the field and converted on a key fourth and two. And George Kittle, boy, what a hell of a tight end he is! George Kittle just going. I mean, what a big strong. I mean, he's he's. I mean, if you watch out because he could be the next Rob Gronkowski if 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 people don't take notice of him and start uh coming up with game plans and coming up with ways to stop him. Because that is a big, strong, all-around, versatile tight end, just like Gronk. Just like Gronk can block with the best of them. Big, strong, muscular receiver can catch the ball, get yards after the catch. He is a that that's one nice receiver is George Kittle. Nice, nice, nice. And again, if and if you're not careful, could turn into the you know could turn into the next Rob Gronkowski. But boy, what a key catch and run he had on a fourth and two late in the ball game with the Saints. You know, with this, what, excuse me, with the Forty Nine ers reeling, trying to get down the field, put Robbie Gold in a position to kick a game winning field goal, and just went and went down the and went down the field, and and you know had a fourth and two reception. But I mean the and which they converted, but I tell you they had no help either, because uh, Marcus Williams, the same uh, genius that the, you know that decided to go for the hit stick rather than the tackle, rather than the shoestring, rather than the legs of the shoestring tackle of Stephon Dick. Yeah, that guy uh, tried to go for the hits. The you know went for the hit stick against Stephon Diggs in the playoff game two years ago. Uh, totally whiffed on the hit stick with Stephon Diggs up in the air about three feet. Whiffed on the hit stick, and next thing you know, Stephon Diggs is down the sideline, and the and the Vikings win the game. Minneapolis miracles the title of the play, and 
and the Vikings went on to pl- went on to uh, play in the NFC Championship game the next week, but uh, but the uh, but boy, what an idiot he! Oh, that that is a I that is as bad a job as you are going to see. How how uh, how in the world? Okay, grabbing the face mask, I understand. I mean, I even if I'm Peyton, if I'm saying, I'd still be pissed about that. But grabbing the face mask, I'm upset. I'm upset about, it, of course. I mean, that's that's unacceptable. But I could get it if he if he if he his hand somehow gets up the face mask and you know he tries to tackle him. No, 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 not Williams. Williams sticks his hand in Kittle's face mask, takes it. Doesn't let go immediately because you know you've been playing football long enough. You should know good and well, you know, grabbing, grasping, and holding on to the face mask is a penalty. And you, you would think that he let go and like try to you know make the tackle or whatever. So like it'll only move him up to like their forty-five yard line. No, 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 not Marcus Williams. No, 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 because he because he has the football IQ of a squirrel. He instead grabs Kittle's face mask. And rather than him switching, getting his hands immediately off of it, like as if he's touching a hot stove, he grabs hold of Kittle's face mask. Mind you, Kittle is still running with the football in his hand. He's still in bounds, and he's still practically marching and dragging Williams down the sideline. Williams still has Kittle's face mask in his grasp. Trying to bring down a trying to bring down a wide receiver that's that's about six feet that's about six foot three, two hundred about two hundred and forty two hundred and fifty pounds trying to trying to bring him down via grabbing it via grabbing him by his face mask and the Saints get hit with a with a whopping penalty added on to the end of Kittle's run, and the, and they put Robbie Gold in a golden situation. For him to make the game winning kick. I mean that that that's his thing. I mean the thing I mean the Saints defense gave up the fourth and two. Okay. Kittle caught the ball, gave up the fourth and two, got the first down, got more yards after the catch. Williams gets the face mask, and on top, not only does he grab the face mask, he allows Kittle to run for another 10, 15 more yards. Because the, because the genius that he is thinks, hey, uh, let me let me see if I can drag down this this big, you know, this big muscular giant uh tight end by his, you know, see if I can grab him by his face mask. Meanwhile, he's still run, running and hustling down the sideline with the ball in his hand. But Marcus Williams, who's about you know about six you know, about six feet, probably not even. Weighs about one one ninety something to you know two ten, which is a flea compared to George Kittle. He's gonna try to drag him down by his face mask. I mean, um, that was a terrible, terrible job. And if I'm, I mean, I and I was and I was, you know, peeved myself watching it, you know, in real time live, you know, with my own eyes. God knows how mad I'd be if I was Sean Payton or or a Saints fan. Now the Seahawks are still are in a position where where they can't lose to the Rams, you know they can't lose to the Rams uh, uh, Sunday night. They uh, if they want to keep pace with the Forty ers as far as the, the division and getting a uh, a first round bias concerned. But that's Saints and Forty uh, ers Last game, then we we'll get to a break. I'll break down the four teams in the college football playoff and then give you my uh, recap. Uh, Chiefs and Patriots rematch of 
last year, not last, well, last season's back in January of the AFC Championship game between the Chiefs and the Patriots. Game when it's overtime, of course, Patriots won the game uh, in advance to Super Bowl 53, which they won two weeks later. Patriots first home loss since week four, 2017, snapping their uh, home winning streak. They lost 23 to 16. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, really, you know, he, he played he played well outside of, outside of uh, you know the first quarter. He, he, he played pretty decent. 26 for 40, 283 passing yards, touchdown, interception. Played you know played well, and played decent enough to win the ball game. Uh, but the Chiefs' defense, which has been their Achilles' heel, you know, for the last couple of seasons, really showed up to play and seemed to have learned their mistakes and learned their lesson that they, uh, you know, that they, and learned from their mistakes that they made back in January in the AFC Championship. Granted, no Gronk, which played a, which played a, I mean, I, I mean, with all fairness, uh, I mean, with all fairness and all due respect to the Chiefs and their defense, which played well in the game, but, uh, but who, who, do, who does uh, Brady have? At Edelman and White, I mean, Muhammad, I mean, Muhammad Sanu was, I mean, Muhammad Sanu was, is nice, but he doesn't quite, he hasn't gelled himself into the Patriots system yet. I mean, I mean, Edelman, 12 targets, eight receptions, 95. I mean, that's, that's pedestrian for him. He's, he's, he's a pretty good wide receiver, but when, when you have one good wide receiver, who's about, you know, five, and it was about five, five, nine, five, ten, you know, and isn't, and isn't that much of a, uh, isn't all that much of a physical threat. In the game, and and when you have to basically game plan against him and and making sure that James and making sure that uh, James White is under control, you're gonna have a pretty you're gonna have a pretty decent day, uh, defensively because that page because Brady has no weapons to work with what so I mean and Brady Brady himself didn't didn't actually play you know and I and I and I can know because I have Brady on my fantasy team and he did absolutely nothing. 19 for 36, 169 yards, a touchdown pass, and an interception. So Brady has been very ungoat like this last couple of games, but 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 still, I mean, not the. I mean, I'm the last person in America that wants to make excuses for Tom Brady. I mean, I want to throw him to the wolves like I, but I gotta in a way be fair. Brady, outside of Edelman and White, has no weapons, no weapons to speak of, and Edelman is not is not is not a big. Uh, physical receiver to begin with, anyway. Not the Patriots have had f- big physical receivers in their past. You know, Amendola, uh, Edelman. You know, short. You know, short, short white boys that can get open and catch the football and can move. But they, you know, I, mean, I tell you, I tell you this: they could have used Antonio Brown in this game. Is he a headache? Is he a pain in the ass? You damn right he is. But it, but the Patriots could have used Antonio Brown in this game. Could have used him. Uh, but the, but the Chiefs. I mean, their defense did a complete one eighty of their performance that they uh that they had back in January uh eleven months ago, and just took and took care of business against the uh, the Patriots. I mean they. Their re- their only their really only slip up was when they let Edelman get wide open at the beginning of the game, you know, at the twelve minute mark and allowed Edelman to get open on a flea flicker. I mean that that was that was the Chiefs' only mistake. That 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 was their only mistake in the ball game. Their only mistake. 
defensively, that and allowing Brady to scramble. But, you know, to kind of give the Patriots a little bit of life until, uh, you know, until they shut that down at the end, swatting the pass away from Edelman on a fourth on a fourth down late with about a minute left uh, late in the fourth quarter. But the the Patriots are just, I mean, the, the only reason why I still have them to make the Super Bowl is because it's Brady and Belichick, and we wrote them off this time last year, and then look what happened. So they're not, they're not fooling me, and they're not getting me to bend and bite anymore. I, I ain't falling for the bait this time. Somehow, someway, they'll find, you know, you know they'll, who knows? Somehow, someway, they'll be in the Super Bowl. I don't know how, but they will. Because ref ball, because it's Brady, because it's, you never you, you never know nowadays with 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 the Patriots with the Patriots and the way the league's going now. You never know. Some by some ridiculous, crazy miracle, they'll be right back in the Super Bowl. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not you know, next next year, all right. But this year, I've been bitten, I've been bitten, I've been bitten in the back too many times for me to for me to write them off. I'm not, I'm not doing it. But I, 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 I'll write them off on this, though. They're not winning the Super Bowl. They'll make it. I, I, they'll, you know, make it. But if there's a Patriots fan in America that thinks that this team, with that lack of offensive talent, is winning the Super Bowl, not a chance. Not a chance. And don't sit up here at, well, 2,000 Ravens. Two thousand Ravens had two th- had had two offensive threats. They had a Shannon Sharp, who was still a dynamic tight end, and they had Jamal Lewis, who at his time and when he played in his career was one of the top running backs in the country, or excuse me, top running backs in the National Football League. James White is no Jamal Lewis, and their Shannon Sharp is bouncing around the Fox Studios in Los Angeles with uh, with Colin Coward, Menifee, Bradshaw, Howie Long, and uh, Strahan. So, and and he and he's ineligible, and he it's past the deadline for him to come back. So, work with what you got, or else uh, call your boy Antonio Brown and see if we can reconcile and get him back. Because even though he is a he, even though he has a locker room cancer and even though he has big time character issues and character flaws, they could have used Antonio Brown, the high end talent, today. And the, and the, and this is also a reason why you can't sit up here and say uh, Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer because he is not. He is not. And the Patriots would have had a touchdown earlier in the game. But because Bill Belichick used up his challenges, there was nothing they could do about it. But, uh, but I mean, and 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 then one one other thing. But then I'll say this, and I'll take a break and move on to the college football. But for Tony, I mean Tony Romo, I mean it, it didn't it didn't take long. Tony Romo annoyed me three three times today. First of all, he tried to tell us that halftime of the Bills and Ravens game. He tried to tell us that Andy Reid was a great coach. I mean, not not counting this game as you know proof, for, you know, as a a plus for Andy Reid, 
but this is a guy that out you know this is a guy that has that has lost uh, two you know lost to Belichick on multiple occasions whether it be in the Super Bowl when he was with the Eagles getting coach cut coach circles around him back in January in the AFC Championship game I mean you, I mean you wouldn't see you know you wouldn't see uh one of Bill Belichick's guys jumping off sides and that's you know in that situation on a you know on a fourth down late in the fourth quarter in the AFC Championship you would not see that uh you know Andy Reid not a patch you for him to say Bill Belichick great for him to use the words Bill Belichick and great and then add Andy Reid in that sentence is is quote my man Stephen A that's blasphemous Andy Reid's a good coach not great the only great coach. At in my life, in my lifetime, in this, in my uh, you know, of my generation, that are coaching out, there's only one, and his name is William Belichick. Andy Reid, good coach, not great. He's got he's gotten coached. Belichick, I can't tell you how many times Belichick has coached circles around Andy Reid, within within the last whatever it might be, date back to two thousand four in the Super Bowl. And now with 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 him uh, being a head coach of the Chiefs, I can't tell you how many times Bill Belichick has coached circles around Andy Reid, and other coaches too, for that matter as well. Andy Andy Reid loses more loses more playoff games than you can shake a stick at. Bill Belichick has six Super Bowls. Please, great Tony, shut up and wake up, please. Enough. Another thing that another thing that bothered me about him, waxing poetic about Josh McDaniels. During when the Patriots scored a flea flicker at the beginning of the ball game, Tony, 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 when you have the greatest quarterback of all time, and for prior to this season you had the greatest tight end. Within the last five seven seasons, I don't I don't I I can't listen to you wax poetic, and talk about Josh McDaniels as if he's some offensive savant. That was the head guy, a la Brian Billick of the '98 Minnesota Vikings, or the 2013, or the or the head guy of the 2013 Denver Broncos. I, I I can't I can't hear it, and I won't hear it. I won't listen to it. I won't take it seriously, and I can't take that seriously. You know, you waxing poetic about Josh McDaniels as if he's some big time offensive guru. Give me a break. He was the head coach for the Denver Broncos. Got saved by the bell by Tebow Mania. And again, you give me Tom Brady as my quarterback. Well I I can put some I can put some together when I have the greatest quarterback of all time as my as my QB. And for mo and for the time that I've been there, his his marquee weapon, Rob Gronkowski, is is unstoppable sitting there at tight end. Please, Tony, uh, pay pay attention, okay? If if he's that much, if he's that much of a, if he's that much of an offensive genius, and how come after how come the Chiefs scored twenty three scored twenty three unanswered points till till about midway through the third quarter? If if Josh McDaniels is such a quote unquote offensive genius and an offensive guru, offensive savant. When uh, when Kansas City scored twenty three unanswered after that flea flicker play, Tony annoyed Tony annoyed the hell out of me today, annoyed the hell out of me with for calling Andy Reid a good coach, 
and then and then getting on my nerves with uh with his comment about McDaniels. Tony, shut up and pay attention, please. You can't call Andy Reid great when you know when when he hasn't won a Super Bowl. And he he hasn't won a Super Bowl. And I don't need to hear you waxing poetic about Josh McDaniels as if you know, as it as it I I can't I can't listen to it. I, I can't I can't take that seriously. I can't. I'm sorry. I just can't. Take a break. I touch I give you my thoughts on the four teams that made it to the college football playoff. I'll be back. Stay tuned. Right after this. I'm tell I can tell you this podcast. Switching gears now from the NFL to the college football, as the top four uh, college football playoffs uh, teams came out uh, earlier this app on on Sunday afternoon at noon in the East. Um, give you those teams in a minute. Uh, Oklahoma, who makes it as the number four team in the playoff, uh, took care of business against Baylor. Come from behind in overtime, beating Baylor thirty to twenty-three. Uh, Oklahoma was previously ranked six in the top twenty-five college football playoff rankings. Uh, won their Big Twelve championship, and because LSU, who gets the one seed, uh, in the in the playoff, uh, will take care. Well, uh, who took care of business? Uh, who took care of business against Georgia? Who? Absolutely vomited all over themselves with the key. I mean, is it? I mean, here's all you need to know Georgia beats LSU. They're not only are they winning the SEC championship, they're in the playoff and absolutely came in and laid a complete fat egg as f- you know, from all over the place 20 for 42, 225, touchdown pass, and an interception. Had a QBR of 32, which for the skip balances of the world uh, will make you puke. Of uh, reading that stat line, and just I mean, I mean they the offense couldn't get anything going the entire game. Meanwhile, LSU played the game of their lives. I don't know game. I mean, game. Uh, yeah, game of their lives compared to the you know who's they played more clean defensively against this game than they did against Alabama. But I mean, if you're an LSU fan, if you're an LSU student, if you're an LSU player or a coach, or if you're a Bengals fan, a la yours truly, you had to like you had to like the what you saw from Joe Burrow uh on Saturday, twenty-eight for thirty-eight, three hundred forty-nine passing yards, and four touchdown passes in a game was absolutely magnificent as LSU absolutely steamrolled Georgia. In Georgia, you know they, you know Georgia has the home field advantage, playing that game in the Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta, where the Falcons play, had the had the home field advantage and absolutely did nothing with it, as LSU beat them by twenty seven and and whooped them, thirty seven to ten as Georgia 
along and will and Georgia will join Alabama as the top SCT SEC teams this season to be eradicated and white and wiped away from competing in this year's college football uh playoff. While LSU uh, remain will be the one and only SEC team to compete in the uh, four team mini tournament, uh, come at the end by the uh by the end of the month, uh, Clemson absolutely whooped Virginia. Uh, my uncle was at that game. I told him I said, "Watch this game, Virginia, going up again." <laughs> I mean, they played well against Virginia uh, Tech. But I said, I said, I said, unk, unk. I mean, this, I mean. So he took his. I mean, he's obligated. He didn't want to go. He was obligated, obligated to go because he took. You know, he took his. Uh, he took his family down to the game in Charlotte, where he lives. Uh, but I said this game is going to be a blowout by halftime, and lo and behold, it was. Uh, Clemson already had a thirty mark up by halftime, and reached sixty by the time the game's over, and rail and absolutely steamrolled Virginia sixty-two, to seventeen. Uh, as they get the, as uh as Clemson gets the number, uh as Clemson gets the number three seed in the college football playoff as they go up against number two Ohio State, who had who had Ohio you know had had their fan base nervous for a minute. I don't know I mean, what's constantly come back in the game, but took care of business against them nevertheless, as they won thirty four twenty one. They the committee of course took in the points that Ohio State moves from number one to number two, as they will have to play Clemson while, excuse me, at, while LSU the number one seed obviously having the most convincing win. I mean, and, you know, Clemson, you know, LSU beating Georgia convincingly is more impressive and means more than Clemson beating Virginia convincingly. I mean, the everybody, the ACC, the, excuse me, the ACC football, it's, it's terrible. I mean, Virginia didn't have a chance in hell to beat Clemson uh, Saturday night, you know, in, you know, in the, in the Carolinas. You know, for the ACC championship game, not 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 a chance, not a shot, not not a hope, not a prayer. So you know, so take take that for what it's worth. Uh, but you know, obviously the committee is going to wish they did, and good job by them. You know, took into account that LSU uh beat and blew out a Georgia team, practically a road game, blew out a Georgia team on the road quote-unquote, because the game was played in Georgia and beat a potential playoff team, you know, if that would have made the playoff, you know, they they were listed as the fourth team. And the committee obviously took that into bigger consideration than Clemson, who's been nothing but a complete big bad bully in the ACC since, since their dominance began a few years ago, than them beating Virginia with a home with a home crowd in the Carolinas in Charlotte against you know to win the ACC championship, which they have built up a collection along the past uh, couple of years. So this is where things. Uh, this is what you will have for the college football playoff on. Uh, Saturday, December twenty eighth, which is the di- which is the uh, Saturday and the day before. 
week 17 of the NFL action as those there'll be four games on that day. It'll be Memphis and Penn State in the Cotton Bowl, oh Notre Dame and Ohio State in the Camping World Bowl, nobody cares. Uh P uh the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Uh that will be at four o'clock that game will be at four o'clock. I mean why ESPN I mean that that talk about a terrible job by ESPN. You put Notre Dame, Ohio State that's on at noon and nobody gives a crap about you put that game on on you ha you put that game on ABC at noon and you stick the two playoff games on ESPN. That I mean that that's 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 a joke. Uh I'm sorry, that's a joke. You know what you do? You put Notre Dame, Ohio State. You have four games. You have three games on ABC that day. You can put Notre Dame, Ohio State on at noon. Put Oklahoma, LSU on at four, and put Clemson, Ohio State on ABC right after that. That's a that's a terrible job. The the two it's it's bad enough that the championship game is on ESPN enough as it is. You know, my grandmother, you know, who's who's, who's a good sports fan. You know, watches football. You know, for the you know when it gets competitive late in the season. You know, she because she's a good sports fan. Eighty five years. Old. She if she wanted you know, and she she doesn't know any of the teams from Adam, but if she did, and if she wanted to watch it on that Monday night after Wild Card Weekend in early January, I I she you know, she doesn't have cable. She has you know she has analog. You know, fixed income can't you know pay that expensive cable bill. You know she's got analog, and she can she couldn't watch the uh she couldn't watch the semifinal or the championship because the power be the powers that be at ESPN, you know put put the freaking games on on uh you know put put them on the ESPN, and the NCAA should speak up and say something about say something about it, and uh and and step in because it, because this is a joke the fact that these two semifinal games are are on ESPN on a Saturday mind you. A Saturday, and those games were on ESPN. And and the and the and the championship game is on is on at nine o'clock at night on ESPN, which is an, which is another disgrace. I mean, if the if if uh, ESPN can stick the NBA can stick all the NBA Finals games on ABC, I I don't I don't see why they can't stick a college football championship game. On on ABC and don't well it's well it's a weekday well they play NBA it's not football where they play on weekends you know they they play Monday night NBA Finals games if they if they can stick that on on a nine o'clock window they can surely stick you know LSU and Ohio State giving you as an example at nine o'clock at night on a you know they can push back their Monday night programming for one week to air the championship game. If especially especially if they're in the business of getting a rating and and making money, we in advertisement dollars. Well, I well it doesn't take a genius to realize that you'll draw in more money putting your game on network television than ESPN. But that's just me. Oklahoma LSU four versus the one. That game will be four o'clock on Saturday, December twenty eighth. Eight o'clock later that night, the two undefeated teams between. Between uh, Clemson and Ohio State, the three versus the two. That game, that the that is the Fiesta Bowl between Clemson and Ohio State will be in Arizona. Peach Bowl will be in Atlanta. Uh, the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl will be in Atlanta at Mercedes Benz Stadium. Winner of that game will go on and will play 
uh, Monday, January 13th. Why they give, I, I get, I mean, it's like the NFL, I guess. You want to give them the two weeks off, and I, I, I can live with that. But so it'll be the so it'll be the Monday after divisional weekend rather than it being the Monday after uh wild card weekend, which it which it has been in a few in you know in the past at least at least from what I can remember. But January thirteenth on a Monday kickoff will be at eight forty five. You'll have toothpicks in your eyes, staying up to about one a.m. You know, and God forbid the game is, you know, 54-45 back and forth with tons of penalties and tons of replay reviews. And you you won't you won't see your pillow till about 2 a.m. And that is when the national championship game will occur on that Monday, uh, on that Monday night on uh, January 13th. And I will pick and preview that game uh, when the time comes for that. Uh, take a break. And give you my NFL recap for week 14 right after this. Welcome back to MSL Like the TIS Podcast. Going back to the NFL now. Wrapping up the show in a different way, in a different light. Recap week 14 of the National Football League. In the league where they play for pay. Week 14 recap. Let's get it. Panthers at the Falcons. Panthers, their first game without their head coach, Ron Rivera, in quite some time. They go to Atlanta and lay an egg. Atlanta wins 40 to, wins 40 to 20. Matt Ryan, 20 for 34. 313 passing yards, two touchdowns. Meanwhile, Kyle Allen, 28 for 41, 293 passing yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. Christian McCaffrey had a quiet day, 11 carries for 53 yards. Uh, and had a quiet day receiving as well, leading receiver as well with 11 receptions, 82 yards. Meanwhile, Atlanta, uh, Devontae Freeman had a decent game, 17 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Zach Jackshasheet, whatever his name is, he had a big day. Caught one reception, it was for 93 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Calvin Ridley had a touchdown reception as well. It was five receptions for 76 yards. Julio Jones kept quiet, no touchdown. Same with Austin Hooper. Casey had a had two interceptions in the ball game as well. Key in Atlanta's victory. Uh, Ravens and the Buffaloes. Uh, I previewed and excuse me recapped that game later or excuse me early in the program. Lamar Jackson, 16 for 25, 145 passing yards. Three passing touchdowns and inception got sacked once. Meanwhile, Josh Allen was 17 for 39 on 146 passing yards a touchdown. Didn't throw an interception. Got sacked six times by the Ravens defensive front. 
Mark Ingram had a quiet game, 15 carries, 50 yards. But Mark Jackson, quiet game on the on the ground for him. Had a broke a Bills guy's ankles, but no, but had a quiet game on the ground nevertheless. Um, let's see, let's switch to, uh, Mar, excuse me, Lamar Jackson, 11 carries, 40 yards, 16 yards was his longest run of the ball game. Uh, meanwhile, Singletary had 17 carries, 89 yards of the ground for Buffalo. Hayden Hurst was the Ravens' leading receiver in the game, three receptions, 73 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Uh, meanwhile, the the meanwhile Buffalo Colt Beasley didn't have was quiet this game compared to he was Thanksgiving. He put up 110 receiving yards in his old team. He only had 44 receptions for 29 receiving yards and a touchdown. Uh, and Singletary, their running back, had six receptions for 29 yards and Knox, uh, 37 receiving yards and a touchdown for Buffalo. My Bungles coming off of their first win of the season against the Browns, still trying to keep their slim playoff hopes alive. Uh, they improved to six and seven, beating my Bengals, uh, twenty-seven to nineteen. Bengals remain winless on the road. Andy Dalton, twenty-two for thirty-eight, two hundred and sixty-two passing yards and an interception. Uh, meanwhile, Baker Mayfield didn't exactly play lights out in the ball game either. Eleven for twenty-four. 192 passing yards and two touchdowns. Nick Chubb, though, had a fantastic day on the ground, as did Joe Mixon. We'll get to him in a minute. Chubb, 15 carries, 106 uh, rushing yards. No touchdown for him, though. Kareem Hunt, though, and Baker Mayfield, though, had the rushing touchdowns for Cleveland. Joe Mixon, boy, has he come alive. I mean, this, not too many things have gone right for the Bengals this season, but Joe Mixon has turned the corner in this last uh, quarter of the season. 23 carries, 146 yards on the ground, and a rushing touchdown as well. Tyler Boyd had five receptions, 75 yards, leading receiver for the Bengals. Jarvis Landry, four receptions for 76 yards receiving. Odell Beckham held to two receptions, 39 yards receiving the entire game. Nick Vigil and Jesse Bates had two interceptions for Cincinnati. Ward, pick six, 61 yards for Cleveland. The Deadskins and Green Bay. Deadskins trying to keep their what is, and I mean very slim, hopes of somehow mathematically, because heading into today, they still had a chance to take the division. Granted how poorly the Eagles and the Cowboys have been playing, they had to go. They coming into this game 3-6. and six, They had to win four games in a row in order for them to even have a prayer to win the NFC lease, as they call it. Uh, granted, with this season, but they are officially eliminated from playoff contention. Lost by five, should have lost by a lot more. Aaron Rodgers did not play great in the game. 18 for 28, 195 passing yards, a touchdown pass, got sacked four times. Meanwhile, Dwayne Haskins, 16 for 27, 170 passing yards, a touchdown and an interception. AP had 20 carries, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Aaron Jones, big rushing game. Boy, what a big time running back the Packers have had for him this season. huh? Aaron Jones, 16 carries, 134 uh, rushing yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he also had 50, 58 yards receiving on six receptions. Uh, meanwhile, uh, McLaurin of the Redskins had four receptions, 57 yards, and a touchdown receiving for 
Washington as the Packers improved to 10 and 3 and 6-1 at home, keeping pace with the Minnesota Vikings, uh, who are undefeated at home. Uh, perfect 6-0 so far with two remaining home games left in the schedule as they hold on to first place and keep pace with the Vikings in the NFC North, who took care of business against the Lions, beating the Lions 20-7 as the Lions' lost season continues. David Blau, 24 for 40, 205 passing yards, a touchdown pass, two interceptions thrown, was sacked four times in the game. Kirk Cousins only hit the ground on his back via sack once, was 24 for 30, 242 passing yards and a touchdown. Dalvin Cook had a decent game, not all that great, but 18 carries, 62 rushing yards and a touchdown. And uh, Stephon Diggs had a nice day as well. Six receptions, 92 yards. No touchdown for him, though. Kenny Galladay, six receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown. Detroit's leading receiver in that game. 49ers and Saints. 49ers keep try to keep pace and are keeping pace with the Seahawks out in the NFC West. Improved to 11-2, 6-1 on the road. Saints 5-2 inside the Superdome. And as the forty, as the Saints fall to ten and three, Forty Niners beat Saints. Game win for Robbie Gold, forty eight forty six. Jimmy Garoppolo, what a game, what a day he had. Twenty six for thirty five, three hundred forty nine passing yards, four touchdowns and an interception. Uh, Drew Brees died as nice today, completion percentage wise, but even uh, but outdid Garoppolo. I mean, he evened with them for passing yards, three hundred forty nine of them. But through one more touchdown and one less interception than Garoppolo did. Five touchdowns and no interceptions for Drew Brees. Uh, receiving is where the, all the action in the offense was. Emmanuel Sanders threw a touchdown pass, caught a touchdown pass, caught seven passes for 157 yards. Michael Thomas, boy, what a boy, what a boy! Oh my goodness gracious, what a what a rece- what a receiver he is. 11 receptions for 134 receiving yards and a touchdown. What a game. What a game he had. What an absolute game he had. Uh, Dolphins and Jets. Jets improved to 5-8, and 4-3 and three above 500 at MetLife Stadium. Dolphins, their losing woes continue even though they beat the Eagles last week. 3-10 and 10 total this season, 1-5 and five away from Sun Life Stadium. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic was Fitztragic, uh, and Fitzception, he threw an exception in the game. No touchdown passes, 21 for 37, 245 passing yards on the day for him. Uh, Ford, leading receiver, 6 exceptions, 92 yards for the Miami Dolphins. Robbie Anderson for the Jets, 7 receptions, 116 receiving yards and a touchdown. Powell. Uh, leading rusher for the Jets, 19 carries, 74 yards for the J- for the Jets. Sam Darnold was 20 for 36 in the ball game, threw for 270 passing yards and two touchdowns and threw an interception in the game as the Jets win 22 to 21. Buccaneers improved to six and seven, still have a chance to finish above 500 if they win the next uh, three games. They improved to 6-7, like I previously stated. Went 38-35 by field goal against the Colts, who have really shot themselves in the foot uh, down the stretch this season. Kobe Brissett played pretty, played pretty. I mean, you got you got to win ball games. When famous Jameis serves up his wonderful turnovers and throws three interceptions, but 
but uh, if you take away the three interceptions, Jameis Winston did play well enough to win. He was 33 for 45, through for 456 passing yards and four touchdowns. But the negative, of course, is the three interceptions that the Colts could not capitalize on for them to win the game. Uh, Johnson had three seconds for 105 receiving yards and a touchdown catch. Uh, Chris Godwin, seven receptions, 91 receiving yards. O.J. Howard, four receptions, 73 receiving yards for him. Uh, and Darius Leonard, by the way, two out of the three picks thrown by Jameis Winston, and he had a pick six in the ball game as well. Moving into the late afternoon game, 49ers, or excuse me, the Chargers absolutely steamrolled uh, the Jaguars in the ball game. Philip Rivers had a great game for one, 16 for 22, 314 receiving yards, or excuse me, passing yards, threw for three touchdowns. And no interceptions. Only hit the ground once. Austin Eckler, eight, 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 excuse me, eight carries for 101 uh, rushing yards. Melvin Gordon though had the rushing touchdown in the ball game, while Leonard Fournette only mustered up 15. Only mustered up for 15. Only mustered up for 15 carries and 50 yards rushing. Uh, and Austin Eckler had four receptions for 112. Uh, Excuse me, receiving yards and a touchdown. Uh, Gardner Minshew, who people you know equate to be the next Johnny Unitas with the Minshew media and all that overrated garbage, did not. I mean, was you know he wasn't in hot. Twenty-four for thirty-seven, one hundred sixty-two uh, passing yards and a touchdown pass. Uh, Steelers as the as the Chargers win 45 to 10 and improve the five and eight while the Chargers their terrible season that's been in the toilet since our buddy Nick Foles got injured in week one against the Chiefs as they uh, go to four and nine on the season. Steelers improved to eight and five and still hold strong at that six seed in the AFC playoff picture and they keep the Ravens at least for this day uh, from winning the AFC North Division title as the Ravens needed the Steelers to lose against the Cardinals in order for the Ravens who beat Buffalo like I previously told you for them to win the division for the second straight year in a row. They'll have to wait till a later date as the Steelers took care of business against the Cardinals 123-17. Steelers 3-3 three and three on the road while the Cardinals 3-9-1, and 1-5-1 and one, one, and one at uh, State Farm Stadium, I think is what they call it. I know it as University of Phoenix Stadium. So forgive me if I got the of the uh, of the naming rights of the stadium wrong. Duck Hodges, 16 for 19, 152 passing yards and a touchdown. Played good enough to win. Kyle Murray, 20 for 30, 194 passing yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions in the ball game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Titans, though, who are chasing the Steelers for that sixth seed, kept pace with them. They beat the Oakland Raiders, who have really ran into a wall as of late. As I mean, they're finished six and seven. Got to compete with the Titans and the Steelers, and and the uh, Bills for wild card. Not a chance. Uh, the Raiders are finished. Finito done for 2019. Derek Carr 25 for 34, 263 passing yards, two touchdowns. Uh, meanwhile, Ryan Tannehill, who has done complete 180 with his career, has totally rejuvenated the Titans, 21 for 27 for 391 passing yards, three touchdowns and interceptions. Derrick Henry, boy, what a beast he is. 18 carries, 103 
rushing yards, two touchdowns rushing. A.J. Brown, five receptions, 153 rushing yards, and two touchdowns in the ballgame for Tennessee as they improved to 8-5. And, uh, and, of course, the last game of the afternoon between the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots. Chiefs coming into this game trying to get revenge of losing the 2018 AFC Championship game. Took care of business and gave the Patriots their first home loss this week for uh, two years ago as the Chiefs uh, have the have the Patriots lose their second game in a row while the Chiefs continue, while the Chiefs get on the winning track uh, with Patrick Mahomes throwing 26 for 40. Uh, 283 passing yards, a touchdown pass, and an interception. Brady was not Brady like 19 for 36, 169 passing yards, a touchdown pass, and an interception. James White was held silent in the game, five receptions, 27 yards receiving. James, he also had six carries, 33 yards on the ground. Uh, LaShawn McCoy. 11 carries, 39 yards, leading rusher for the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey, seven receptions, 66 receive, 66 receiving yards for them. Hardman had the uh, had the touchdown in the game for Kansas City, as the Chiefs put up 23 unanswered points, and uh, well, not well, yeah, 23 unanswered points, and took care of business against the Patriots on the road. And they, as the Chiefs improved to nine and four. Uh, still uh, keep still have the lead in the AFC West. Patriots uh, helped out Buffalo a little bit, who lost to the Ravens earlier today. As the Patriots lose their first home game, of course, of the season, ten and three, lose two straight. Chiefs nine and four, six and one away from Arrowhead. By the way, quick little nugget of information: the three quarterbacks of the three teams that have beaten the Patriots this season, uh, the Chiefs. Ravens and Texans, all three black quarterbacks. So, I, of course, I had to put that in there and give uh, my people some love. Well, and that is your week 12 week, or excuse me, week 14 recap across the uh, the Sunday action of the National Football League. Uh, if you like what you heard in today's episode, first of all, I want to say thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed uh, this episode of the I'm Tell I Can Tell You is podcast. Uh, share with your friends, family, co-workers, acquaintances, classmates, whatever the case might be. If they're into a little bit of sports talk, be sure to subscribe. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at I'm Tell underscore it. Uh, T.I. is. Follow me on Twitter at, at the J Shield. Enjoy your week, everybody. God bless. Be safe. Have a good one. See ya. Talk to you next week.